everyone and welcome back to episode two of the podcast Catch Kate Adventure Awaits. I'm your host Kate Manning and today we are going to be arriving into Mexico. We're going to look at the biodiversity across Mexico, the sites which are renowned globally tourist attractions and some of the experiences I had upon arrival and during the few months that I spent there. So guys, my first stop was into Mexico City. And as I said er, on the previous episode, I was very scared. Um, Really, really, really scared. I actually took out this week my diaries from, you know, my trip. I wrote about six or seven diaries And I had to send them home during the year because they were so heavy in my backpack. So in my backpack, I had like one big main backpack and then I had a front backpack as well. And I'd say the back one was about 15 kgs and the front was, you know, about another 10. Um, But like most of the weight from that front one was like the laptop. So throughout the trip, you would accumulate like clothes or gifts or... You know, you might pick things up on the way along and you have to be really minimalistic. Like you have to think like, what do I need and not carry excess? But I guess the challenge on my trip was that the weather, the climates that I was going into were very, very, very different. So I had to have, you know, winter clothes, hats, gloves, you know, hiking boots for like mountains. And, you know, when I went down to Patagonia or into Antarctica like I had all that winter gear which is very heavy and then had all the summer gear because you know the Caribbean and all those places as well so it was like this big uh, mixture of clothes you know and I had separated them all out in different little um, compartments so that kind of helped in that way but again it meant that my bags were heavy for the trip and genie at times I thought I was going to fall over And people would always comment to me like in Cuba and, you know, El Salvador, all those places. They'd be like, wow, you're so strong (laughs) because, you know, for them, like women, it's a little bit it's uncommon for them to see women alone traveling. Um, So it was quite funny that their stereotype, they would just be so shocked. So that was quite funny. So when I was arriving into Mexico, I had this big backpack on the back and one on the front. And somebody had advised me beforehand that my bags should be dirty because if they see these beautiful, clean bags, they'll think I'm rich and they'll rob them. So I had all these things running through my head. I was like, should I dirty my bag? Like, should I put dust on it? You know, and then people would be like, oh, remember now to wear really old shoes and like, you know, kind of dirty clothes so they don't know, like, you know you've got money and stuff and then there other people were like no you've blonde hair they know straight away you're rich and I'm like I'm a backpacker but you know when you go into another country and they already know that you have some sort of money or fund funding because like you're not um in your place of you're not in your home you know and for them like a lot of people in that side of the world they travel up to the coast maybe to the beaches but not it wouldn't be the norm for people to be traveling abroad as such like I met many people who have never left their country you know I recall being in Bolivia in the mountains and 
they had never even seen a beach or waves. And I recall showing them photos and videos of the cliffs and the waves in Ireland. And they were like, oh, my God. That's another thing I always say to people like, you're so lucky, like to be on an island, like say in Ireland, that we have the beach and the ocean and the sea and it's so accessible. And a lot of the time the beach is completely empty, you know, and then you look at these communities around the world who have no access to water. So, yeah, so that's another thing to be grateful for, guys. One of the major reasons I chose Mexico or to start my trip um, in North America was because of the, the barrier reef system. So from Mexico down into Belize and into Honduras, you have this Mesoamerican reef system, which is the second largest in the world uh, behind Australia. And it really is an exquisite place for coral, sharks, turtles, you know, just the most beautiful species. So this was like one of my main callings for Mexico. And I wanted to get my like a proper dive license there. I first arrived into Mexico City, as I said, very scared, but they welcomed me immediately. And the hostel that I stayed in, I remember going into the dorm and I was thinking, oh, my God, this dorm is like no air con you know the bunk beds super close together like literally two foot apart and just everybody squashed in not even room for my backpack and I kept thinking oh my god somebody's gonna rob my backpack somebody's gonna rob my backpack you know you just you've just everything going through your head for the first while and you're just so on edge you know but I mean you get used to it obviously and like even arriving into the airport I was told that like you know the taxis would um possibly like do a ransom <laughs> and I was like oh great so I get into a taxi and they take me away to the mountains and then they ring my family and ask for 5,000 euros you know I all these cost sort of things I was told stories so um it really is important to trust your gut um and like as I said before like the energy that you give out is what you get back so like I constantly made an effort to put out like this positive or optimistic energy and and it works like 99% of the time that comes back to you there's just a few times where you meet you know <laughs> the odd uh I don't know encounter where you might be in danger um but we we'll, we we'll leave that for another day those um exciting and thrilling <laughs> events um and and they're important to share as well uh because we have to face reality as well so I arrived into this hostel and I was obviously watching my bag and then like people were saying, oh, my God, there's like cocaine everywhere and they're trying to sell cocaine. And I was like, oh, no, you know, and yeah, I, I eventually settled in, you know, the hostel, the lady who owned the hostel actually really welcomed me and she knew I was alone and she would talk to me like in the evenings and stuff. And I ended up getting so friendly with the people in the hostel that we had dancing classes we went out to watch the mariachi we drank tequila we went um yeah and loads of adventures it was, it was amazing and I, I just thought wow Mexico I'm here I'm here like a couple of days and it's like a party <laughs> um and then like regarding the food like that was such a big difference to Ireland because everything was super spicy and for my like you know growing up on a farm or eating very like natural kind of plain food 
Um, it was very different to be trying out all these spices and fried corn and but like it is super delicious and it's so accessible and available like you could be driving down the street and then there's like somebody on the side of the road with just the most tasty food just ready to go and then like it's super hot weather as well so then you're eat, you're like it's really hot and then you go eat this really spicy thing and you're like I'm exploding <laughs> but yeah it's loads of fun and then regarding like uh, drinks and stuff they love lemon they love tequila they actually taught me something um you know you would get these beers I'm trying to remember what it's called now and you would put salt across the top of the beer cap the beer bottle and then you'd have the lemon on top of that just to make it really bitter but I'm sure now somebody's listening and they're like I know the name of that so one of the first sites I went to visit was Teotihuacan yeah try to pronounce that (laughs) which is like an ancient Mesoamerican city so within Central America and South you have some really ancient civilizations who had the most outstanding engineering skills um fascinating to view their pyramid structures and yeah all the architecture uh temple so i visited this site um which had some pyramids and i actually took a hot air balloon over the site and it was just mind-blowing so like it was kind of uh 4am wake up I was like oh my god and this happens throughout the trip for any of you travelers listening you'll be getting up like for for trips at like 4am the morning five and it's go 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 so yeah the sleep factor is you know something you have to take into consideration because it it can be challenging like if you go several days or weeks with very poor sleep I'm sure we all know that like your mind really starts to go down in functioning uh, appropriately and yeah you get kind of confused and foggy brain so it's so important to like catch up on that sleep or you know take rests and breaks we took the hot air balloon at about yeah 6 a.m in the morning for the sunrise and I was actually really scared because I was like how does the hot air balloon even work oh my god this good thing this thing would like fall down and yeah but anyway it was perfect it was fine and it was like just really a magical experience to be just floating above this ancient city and imagining all the old kind of rituals that were held there and just all the history and and the wisdom inside in this site just absolutely miraculous so we spent the morning like in the hot air balloon above the site watching the sunrise and all the other hot air balloons spread across the sky and then we descended um, and a, a four by four kind of trailer into a field. We followed that and we landed down uh, into the ground. I was quite nervous about that. I was like, how are we landing? Because it's not like a plane kind of just falls down, you know. We explored by foot the grounds and it was just so beautiful. So one of the next sites I visited was San Miguel de Allende, a kind of an old Spanish colonial town. And it was actually formed on an extinct volcano about, you know, 12,000 years ago or something. And outside of this town, there were these hot springs. So basically the magma would have been very close to the surface and the spring would eventually have become hot. They're said to have been a lot of healing properties within the water. And I got to these springs by my host. So I used couch surfing throughout my trip. And it is an amazing site 
where you can stay and exchange cultural experiences with hosts across the world and it's actually free but you know you do go in with an exchange of something as well so some places you might cook a meal some places you might buy the shopping some places you know you kind of you see as you go how you would exchange and it is a really beautiful experience to do that so with my host in San Miguel oh she had the most beautiful house overlooking the town and you know I taught her some Irish dancing we went to the hot springs together just spent a lot of time together and she had been to Ireland a few times so she was super happy to have me there and chat and yeah she had the most stunning house so we basically went to these hot springs one day and I learned all about the history there and it was just amazing to see this again like how the natural world benefits you know us as a species like you can go there and these waters are said to be full of potent minerals from the old you know volcanic eruptions and especially within the rocks as well where the water would be flowing through so guys i'm going to take you to the coast now of mexico the caribbean coast um i went to an island called cosumel and on this island you have the most amazing reefs and underwater exploration during my time there i got to explore caverns little caves i got to see nurse sharks or dive alongside turtles i also did some volunteering with turtle nesting there it was an amazing experience i also did some snorkeling with the whale shark let me tell you about the whale shark because this species of fish it's actually the largest fish in the ocean and it can be up to like 20 meters so they say which is colossal you know I, I actually had this fascination with whales and sharks because I remember like as a young girl reading in a book and hearing about a, a whale the size of my house and I was like what like a whale the size of my house or the size of a bus how could it be <laughs> and you know as a child I was fat like I just couldn't believe it but like you know I'm still the same now like the minute I see a whale or a shark I like in the water like I was I was I was like you know you have this thing in your mouth whether it's a snorkel or um you know a dive equipment or whatever and you get like trying to make facial expressions is is the funniest thing ever because like part of you is like super excited and uh you're you want to laugh or you want to smile or you want to be like oh my god oh my god but like your mouth can't open really because you're trying to breathe <laughs> so it's a bit of a dilemma for me to visit the whale shark I actually took a boat from Cancun and we traveled for like an hour and a half in the boat out to the the gulf of Mexico. I remember like the boat stopping and they're like there's whale sharks there's whale sharks. I got my snorkel ready and the guy was like sit on the edge of the boat sit on the edge and the minute I went in I was like oh my like I I got, when I actually fell into the water the minute I looked up my eyes there it was and I was like whoa like I, I didn't even know what to do my whole body kind of froze for a second because I, I couldn't I couldn't comprehend what was in front of me the size of it because I was like is it coming towards me it was so big like it was huge and in the end then I kind of just after a few seconds my body went out of the the freeze moment as we'll say you know flight or fight so off I went then with my little flippers and just went as fast as I could to try and get a good glimpse of it in the end then the the driver of the boat the captain he kind of 
went away with the boat because there was other whale sharks had come in and normally they're quite um you know a solo species they kind of sometimes they're they're just on their own i kind of said yeah yeah i'm fine leave me here leave me here like in the middle of the gulf of mexico there he was with the snorkel <laughs> and the boat was gone away and the the other the other people on the boat were like we well, should go back and get that girl and i was like no no i'm fine i'm fine keep going <laughs> that's how much I love the ocean I would have been left there with the whale sharks I didn't mind at all trying to describe the experience is like there's just so much emotion because it's like awe and curiosity and wonder and it's like this deep connection you feel with the animal you know and it's just it's so special you get a glimpse of their world this massive ocean you know the planet is like 71% water sometimes I say why is the planet called earth when it's actually mostly ocean and you get a glimpse of this species and it's it's perception of the world and it just lives in this big deep blue world it's just mind-blowing you know and for me like the water is somewhere very special because the outer world like the world we live in which is quite noisy and like there's a lot of chaos going on at the moment especially during this uh you know we have this virus pandemic going on and it is quite noisy this world and and the minute you step into the ocean it's like wow I feel different I feel in in harmony with the ocean with the earth with mother nature and that's really where your true resonance of your being comes in and maybe some people don't realize that there's a big, big, big world below that thin blue line, uh, an immense world of biodiversity and the coral reefs, which I'll talk about now. And so many species that are so fragile now in their ecosystems, you know, they're threatened by climate change, especially. So on the IUCN list for species, which is like the Union Conservation of Nature, the whale shark is actually classified as endangered so they do need to be protected but they are really really cool and on their back as well something unique is that they're they have these spots and it's like a fingerprint for identifying each whale shark and as well like the humpbacks which I would have seen actually I've seen them in the Atlantic like off Ireland loads of times and in Antarctica where I would have seen loads they have it on actually their tail so when the humpback would fluke its tail, you can get a if you get a clear shot of the tail, then like you can identify which whale shark, sorry, which um humpback it is just by the um yeah, the print on the tail. I think it's super interesting. So a little bit of homework tonight. <laughs> Go and look up online uh, an image of a whale shark um because they're beautiful. Um I actually do have them on my Instagram. I have a video of uh, me diving with them down the list of the grid so you can also find it there so next up let's have a look at the coral reefs these are oh one of my favorites um the coral reefs is like an underground it's like an empire underground constructed of all these little tiny organisms which are living in fact so the coral reef is in fact a biome in itself and it contains hundreds to thousands of these tiny little creatures and it just it's so amazing that they built all of this themselves and they're very very important to the ocean because they house like 25% of all fish species 
which is massive. So like if we lose the coral reefs and we've lost about half of them up to now, which is a lot. And if they keep bleaching due to warming uh, ocean temperatures, then those fish have nowhere to live, thus affecting the whole food chain. And not only for the other fish species, they're really important for like our coastlines because they stand in front of our, we'll say the landmass and they protect the coastline from storms, from erosion. And around the world, it's estimated about, you know, half a billion are dependent on these coral reefs for food, for income. And yeah, and they are under threat because not just due to bleaching, but also people going down diving down and ripping bits out which I, I I can't understand and you know they sell them off then for jewelry or they make they make things out of them you know humans just going in and altering the habitats which it's just so unfair because there's so many other organisms that depend on that for their survival and then they die off I'm going to tell you how amazing they are now when you get to dive and be amidst this stunning vibrant picturesque coral you are entering into like another universe it's just so magical like your eyes like you could just lay there on the ocean floor <laughs> well not on the floor but you know just stay afloat and just stare at all the tiny little organisms that are all working symbiotically together to look after the ocean and look after the fish species and it's just amazing how it all works and also on a positive note, there are a lot of work going on globally for the protection of coral and for rebuilding coral and restoring it. Like in French Polynesia, they have their own gardens where they're rebuilding coral in specialized little nurseries and then they're putting it back out onto the reef. So there is work being done and like people know that we need the coral. So it's wonderful that, you know, you can go and support these organizations as well. And I think in Australia, I saw on the news recently, they're actually building a building, which is going to be a nursery as well for corals. So that's fantastic. I'm going to talk now about the turtles because they are just <gasps> super cute. Yeah, I got to swim with loads of turtles on my trip. So many, so many. I, I just feel so grateful for that. Uh, it was always a dream of mine to do that. And it just got better and better as my trip went on. You know, I started in Mexico, there was turtles, Honduras, Belize, and then like the Galapagos. Oh, I just, I can't even, words cannot describe the experience of diving in the Galapagos. It is, it's phenomenal. Like, I, I could talk about it for months. <laughs> just amazing, like amazing, amazing, amazing. It makes me so happy to remember those memories. And it's, it's wonderful as well that the Galapagos is like, 97% designated national park so they do protect it as much as they can which is wonderful but they they do suffer from illegal fishing trades and you know it is uh, an area that needs more protection because there's a lot of vessels coming in from Asia and you know they're they're just crossing into the the territory there and, and there's a lot of illegal fishing going on which yeah they're trying to tackle at the moment. The turtles that I got to you know see in Mexico I got to see the hawksbill which is absolutely beautiful species so the hawksbill is a little bit smaller than the other species and it has the most beautiful colored shell and they can live up to 50 years which is it's quite old I think but they again are in they're critically endangered on the IUCN list so 
as always, I'd say monitor your plastic use, you know, always say no to straws because the turtle is, yeah, the turtle is very intelligent, but it's not as intelligent to identify if if a plastic bag is food or not. So it would end up ingesting that. Luckily, around the world now, we know and understand that plastic is not good for our marine life. So I'd always say, you know, bring your 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 bags with you when you shop and don't ever be afraid to say no for a straw. Like if somebody's giving you a drink in, a, in an outlet or whatever, like and just say like, no, thank you. You know, I, I know sometimes it's like, oh, I should just accept it because that's the way it's given. But this is why we need change like across the world. Humanity needs to change our behaviors if we want to save essentially save the planet. I also did some volunteering with uh, nesting at nighttime and that was super interesting. I took like a bus. It was in the middle of the night at like midnight. I was actually quite uh, nervous for that because I was like, why am I taking this white bus in the middle of the night to a private beach surrounded by metal grids and and wire uh, with a group of people I don't know and I don't speak Spanish. Again, it was just, you know, throw yourself into it and see what happens but yeah one of my goals of the trip was to work with wildlife and conservation and again to be able to share that afterwards like I'm doing right now (laughs) so we went off to these private beaches on the island of Cozumel off of Mexico and it was nesting season so what we did was we would walk very quietly along the shorefront on the sand and we would kind of try to view with our eyes, even though you can imagine it's pitch black. I mean, there was a little bit of moonlight, but you're really like just walking along in, in pitch. You can't see much. The guys there are really experienced and they have like special UV kind of lights. So we would like walk along and we would see like turtles coming out of the ocean. You know, you might have the sea turtles. But also Cosmel has has other species like the Kemp Ridley and the loggerheads so it was so lovely to like walk and then they'd be like stop 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 and the next thing this big 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 massive shell would just magically come out of the ocean you know walking very slowly and it would come right up up to the sand bank and it would like dig into the ground it actually digs the pit and then it could lay like you know up to 160 eggs And then off back to sea they go again. And then I think it's about 60, 66 days then the hatchlings come up. And that is like the most critical time for the turtle because as the hatchling tries to make its way into the ocean, they're really subject to predators because they're so tiny and so fragile. And that's why human intervention kind of comes in. Like that's why we were on the beach doing that work. So we would like log the nesting site and the date and the species and so then they could mark like how many were on that beach and again keep record of species and how many species are there year on year and if they're returning to the same site so that was super interesting work and I really loved it it's really funny because when I talk about you know wildlife biodiversity I feel like I'm talking for two minutes and I'm like oh it's actually like half an hour (laughs) But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful topic and very dear to my heart. So what I'm kind of going to finish up on is another site on the mainland of Mexico, which are known as cenotes. So the cenotes are basically like these sunken holes in the ground. 
and they're like this unique earthly phenomena. There's about like 6,000 of them on the Yucatan coast or, you know, uh, if you picture kind of the right hand side of Mexico along that kind of Caribbean coastline. And they believe, well, scientists say, you know, back in the day of the dinosaurs, so like 66 or 65 million years ago, when we had the fifth max mass extinction, that a huge asteroid struck the earth and just caused this you know ravaging of all these holes in the ground and and it's just super cool to go and explore all of them so if you ever get the chance to go to mexico or or maybe you're there now who knows um these cenotes are they're just stunning you can even look it up on google or i have some on my my instagram like they're just the most beautiful and each one is so different so unique and also like full of biodiversity like you have caves in there and different like forestry growing and mangroves and so guys to finish up um i feel like i've literally touched the surface with mexico it's such a big vast diverse country um and like even within all the regions and you have different dishes and food and drinks it's just it's fascinating that country and the people like they are something else i met the most amazing people in mexico you know, they hosted me in their houses for free. They invited me to their houses. They cooked for me. They they gave me a place to sleep. And I learned so much about their culture and their living arrangements and their lives. Just beautiful. I was even like given gifts on streets and stuff just for like for no reason at all. I just stopped and start talking to people at markets and they'd be like, here's a gift. And I'm like, oh, OK, like they're, they're just so kind. And this is just to show how much kindness they have. Long story short, my passport was robbed in Mexico. (laughs) Yes, my backpack was taken and uh, my credit cards and my money and my immigration cards. I had no immigration cards, so essentially I was legal in the country and I had no idea how I was going to get out. But that is a very, very long story. Uh, It actually went on for a couple of months because, yeah. It took a while to get an actual passport. So I stayed in Mexico a lot longer than I had intended, but it allowed me to really get immersed in the culture, the people, the language, the history. And like kind of almost feel like I had family there, you know. So as a finishing kind of thought, whatever you've seen on the TV and whatever people say about Mexico, it's not that dangerous. You just need to have some common sense, you know, and you'll be fine. I honestly couldn't have been welcomed better in that country and the people are so caring and their hearts are wide open and they're so much fun. Like if you want a party, oh my goodness, the parties, the dancing, the they're just, they're so much fun and they live life from the heart. They're just amazing. As always, I recommend getting into nature. You know, if it's something that's kind of new for you, just try like a you know, five minutes of grounding in nature. Maybe you might even take off your shoes and walk barefoot. Um, It really does wonders for your body on an energetic level. And I know if you're in Ireland or any northern hemisphere, the ground might be a bit cold, but you'll manage. You'd manage a minute for sure. Just get onto the grass and embrace your wild side. Let me know how you get on. I promise I promise it does work like your thoughts will start changing and and your body will start feeling in balance again with the earth. Um, 
because our society right now is a very in a very perplexed state there's a lot of energy in fluctuation um, there's a lot of change going on so the only thing I would recommend is try to come back to nature and get into her balance her frequency because she is what is going to ground you so a simple a simple an experience you can just pop your shoes off and do a little one minute walk around in the grass and see how you feel like ground into that earth enjoy it <laughs> and enjoy life and again as always if you want more information or anything like that you'll find my instagram if you find my messages are helpful to you and your life i would really appreciate any support on patreon again people can offer whatever they like it could be the price of a coffee or a price of a pack of seeds you can find the link to the patreon on my instagram Uh, all the links are there as well for the podcasts so thanks a million guys i look forward to chatting with you all again have fun make some travel plans for mexico share the knowledge with your friends and sending big love and big hugs to everybody ciao Thank you.